So welcome along, it's Richard Bovesen here, and today on A Story to Tell, I've got Dan and Ben from Fortitude, and they'll be coming up right after this. We're going to dance. We're going to dance. We're going to dance. And have some fun. So it's Richard Bovesen here until midday today, and on a story to tell, I've got Dan and Ben from Fortitude. Welcome along, champs. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. How are you both today? Very yeah, well, right. thanks. Yeah. First day of autumn, it seems, outside. It's very cold. It, it's not particularly <laughs> warm today, is it? Yeah. yeah. We had to do the condensation down the windows <laughs> this morning. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be honest, when I say I, my wife did it. Okay. So <laughs> she came in and she said, I'm having to do this job again, and I'm like, yeah, you are. Yeah. So. <laughs> you should use we. It's a reasonable prefix. <laughs> it is. Come a bit close to the okay, microphone so, for yep. me there, Ben. Um, so tell us a little bit about Fortitude, and it also has the exclamation mark at the end. Why is that, uh, then? Okay, indeed. So... Um, so probably the beginnings of the band so we all used to and some of us still do work for Wessex Water so it's an amateur band in the first place um, way back when probably 2017 um, and the so I worked in IT and the, the CIO at the time was uh, uh, is Phil who was uh, on, uh, one of the key writers uh, for the original Fortitude and it's one of these um, uh, four guys having a chat about music um, I, I think I had a guitar case a hard case delivered to work right told off by facilities <laughs> at that point um <laughs> different person wasn't that <laughs> and uh, so phil piped up and said oh you play the guitar do you and it's kind of you know those sorts of conversations to start and then you kind of figure out well how good are you is this kind of yes i've been playing for 30 years but i've only picked the guitar up twice sort yep. of scenario or actually a bit more than that so i i, I started doing classical guitar when i was about nine got to grade three realized that um i wasn't all that good at the theory side of things bought an electric guitar made an awful lot of noise and then basically paused my guitar career for maybe 20 years till i found somebody who could actually show me how how it all fitted together okay. so a bit more of the theory of the modes and stuff so coming back to the phil the situation we, we were kind of um away um, abroad actually kind of um uh, with work and uh, we just got talking about um uh, should we do something together as a band sort of thing um, and then, um, so I'll skip on a little bit. I'll be sure we've got a bit of time. No, that's okay. You're, you're good. You talk as long as you like. Oh, okay. <laughs> but people usually tell me to shut up after a while, so we'll, we'll see how we go. <laughs> Don't worry, I will. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so will I. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, so uh, we, so this was in the, we were talking about um, uh, it isn't enough just to play the guitar. You've, you know, we were talking about kind of um, different effect pedals and, and buying those mega boards that yeah. have a thousand different sounds on them and thinking, Really, actually, I'm playing and uh, learning kind of how the different sounds, the different amps, the different speakers start to come. There's a whole different world to musicianship. And actually, I really kind of um, appreciate the people doing busking stuff because they don't kind of shut, you know, it's all just a person and a guitar. Yeah. Uh, And and this will be interesting for us from an acoustic set point of view because I'm used to having exactly that, an electric guitar and an amp and all sorts of stuff. So we'll, we'll see what the sound's like. So who's in the full band then? So um, now, well, that's a, that's a story in itself. So <laughs> the current band, the current band. <laughs> so there are four of us: um, myself, I'm Ben. I'm the lead singer and guitarist. Um, I'll let Dan introduce himself because he's sat quietly next to me at the moment. Uh, I'm Dan, and I'm the drummer. And it's a bit of a spinal tap situation because I think there were several drummers before me. But um, as Ben says, we worked together, and a few years ago. I've always played drums. I've been in bands. My background is slightly different to Ben's. I've been in music and bands since I was 15, 16, 
um, and had various flirtations with the music industry and <laughs> played everything from brass bands to thrash metal. Um, and at the on time, a a few years ago, yeah, on a French horn. <laughs> a few years ago, um, I was playing for several bands at once, and so most nights of the week, I was playing drums somewhere. So my drum kit was kept in my car. And I'd got known at our office for the person who drives into the car park with a drum kit in the back of the car. As it should be with all drivers, by the way. <laughs> of course, yeah. And uh, I was walking from the car park to the office, and Ben stopped me and said, are you Dan? Do you play drums? Do you want to be in a band? And I thought, wow, another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did look a bit but, surprised, if I remember correctly. But uh, this band seemed quite fun, and um, here I am. Yeah, here Literally, I Literally, yeah. Ooh, good intro to one of yeah. the, the titles of one of the songs. Oh, very so nice. We've, uh, yeah, we've been playing together for five years. We're at um, a level where I think all four of us have got different levels of experience in music, but different levels of experience in, for want of a better phrase, the industry as well. So we all pull together, maybe with my jadedness, pulling things back a little <laughs> bit after doing it for... 20 odd years and Ben's enthusiasm. <laughs> we uh, come it's together. A melting pot, yeah, we, we, we are a melting pot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so the other two, um, that's the, the kind of uh, or a stickier point. But uh, uh, so originally, well, we're right originally, there was a fellow called Steve Arthur who was the drummer before Dan. Um, and I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying a very keen, enthousi- uh, you know, amateur, enthusiastic uh, drummer. Okay. Uh, his um, his uh, tempo was not necessarily. Um, metronomic, shall we suggest? So you had artistic differences. Well, <laughs> I, I think uh, yeah, it's interesting because I'm sure as as there must be hundreds of bands in the local area and indeed you know worldwide. And uh, actually, I'm reading Dave Grohl's story about uh, how he's kind of gone through exactly this sort of scene and uh, you know keeping his drums in his car just like Dan. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know there's still time, Dan. You never know. Um, <laughs> but it, it, it's it, you you kind of. As much as you are musicians, and one of the things from a guitarist, but you know, I always wanted to be Mark Knopfler. He was my yeah. spot. You know, he made me pick up the guitar in the first place. Um, I've, I'd say long since realised that I probably can't be him. But uh, my, you know, my skill is not Mark's. But that doesn't mean I can't play or write or kind of collaborate with them. Um, you know, Dan plays the the guitar as well on a dangerous occasion. <laughs> writes a few songs, and you know, here we are. Um, so. Uh, the that that kind of melting pot of um, are you good? You know, so we've had a couple of uh, as Phil, called, uh, Phil Manning at one point, who is a phenomenal guitarist, but uh, and actually Ben Spode, who's recording on the um, the EP with us now. Well, I'm sure we'll get to it in a bit, but uh, so he's an old friend of mine, phenomenal guitarist, but um, just doesn't really like being in front of a crowd. So okay. there's uh, so um, so we've had who we've got that's uh, Phil's Phil Pike was the, the the chap I mentioned to start off with. Uh, um, used to be my boss's boss. And he was co-wrote quite a few of these these songs, um, and uh, then Jody. We haven't mentioned Jody yet. <coughs> Let's not forget the, the phenomenal section. bearded bass player. Okay. Uh, so I had Jody as a woman in my head then for some yeah, reason. Yeah, d- well, <laughs> but yeah. So and what do you know, we're doing covers of Summer of '69. Uh, Jimmy quit. Jody got married, and uh, yeah, there you go. Was always there. Uh, so, so Jody again, uh, uh, Wessex. Uh, and I think you knew him more than me, Dan, in the first place. So he he was the fourth member that joined us from a bass point of view, right? And so originally it was kind of you know, me, Dan, Phil, and Jody. Um, we were the guys that recorded the album. So I think you're going to play a couple. Yeah, of Yeah, we're going to play a, tr- a couple of tracks later on from that. Brilliant. Um, and then I'll spin on to the recorded, uh, the the signed um, musician bit, um, which was you know 
let's face it, there's um, four guys that are uh, just doing the music for some fun and we thought we can write some songs and we went through that whole you know, additional learning curve of what it's like to be in a recording studio. It's very different being in a radio studio today. I, I must have been in a recording studio 40, 50 times now yeah. and so that's kind of normal in inverted commas but a radio studio is just a, sounds different. You know, it does, it, yeah. It used to how the industry works. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, so the we released the um, the, the album Reverie. Uh, it's February uh, on 2021, um, and we uh, didn't think much of it. Uh, we played actually because it was COVID times. It took us probably 18 months before we actually. Played well, there was a lot live. of yeah. We did have a lot of. Um, it took a long time to record because it was during COVID. Yeah. Uh, so there were obviously restrictions, as you know, we were in. Um, I was living in one zone, Jody was living in another zone, the recording studio was in another zone, so we could only do things one or two people at a time. Um, but we did have some success with it. It did get quite a lot of... Um, uh, it's, it's on Spotify, and it's been downloaded quite a lot. And we also have been played on the station, which was nice. Ah. So that, that, that was a help in the past. And as Ben said, when I got on to an EP, the EP has been... We've done our recording... Um, side of it, it's now in production and coming to the later stages of production, uh-huh. and it should be coming out in the autumn uh, on Rexius Records. Yeah, actually, I'm going to correct him. It used to be coming out in the autumn, but uh, oh, <laughs> it's going to be 16th of February is the, oh, wow, uh, the release okay. date at the yeah. moment. So uh, it would just be a spring something. So, uh, so the original album came out, as, as Dan was saying, and um, we've got a band email address. Okay, um, <coughs> info at fortitude dot band. It's one of these cool new kind of dot band extensions. Okay. Like. Um, and I don't know, four people email us occasionally, sort of <laughs> stuff. So I don't check it very often. <laughs> and it was back in November, must be last year, this um, email came in from a lady called Elena from Rexius Records. And you kind of wonder whether somebody's asking some money for yeah. you or something. You know, mm. it, it looks suspicious. And you, But actually, um, I, I saw three of them. By the time I actually got to look at it, it was pretty much Christmas Eve. I was just logging on to my computer at home and thinking, oh, there's some meat. And, and actually, this woman's trying to, you know, it isn't just a single opportunity sort of thing. She so really does want a comment. She really, <laughs> she really does want my money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she was very polite. And, and so, Rexis is a Swedish based record label. Um, and uh, <laughs> uh, and they they um, they uh, contacted us three times over, and uh, we and by the time I like say I got uh, got to, to say hello back again, uh, we agreed to have a conversation at the end of February. I think it was by the time mm. kind of the dates worked out, and then um, uh, we they signed they sent us a contract for um, a, a four single EP. Yeah, um, this is kind of a, a mix. Yeah. Where are you at yeah, the moment? Yeah. What songs have you got? Sort yeah. of stuff, and that seemed reasonable at the time. And at the end of March, um, we signed it. Yeah, and we uh, as we say we recorded and. Um my world domination is our plan. World domination is definitely <laughs> always on the you cards. You've got to have a dream, don't you? You do. So what type of, you know, it's very difficult when people say, what genre are you? You mm. know, is it rock, pop, folk, where, you know, and there's so many different things that can be in between. But kind of, whereabouts would you pitch you guys then? I think this is going to sound a slightly pompous answer. Go it on, won't sound a slightly pompous answer. It is a slightly pompous <laughs> answer. Um, I think it is down to... Uh, our generation would define our music because without wanting to make us sound too old, we are, we were born in the 70s. <laughs> so we've taken a lot of... <laughs> oh, mentally, I'm still 17. Yeah, yeah. So our own tastes would be what was popular in the late 80s going through. So yeah. 
rock, indie, Britpop, grunge, all of those sorts. What what bands who were playing guitars in the nineties? But I think from our um, upbringing and certainly from mine, um, I'm sure parents would have been of the sixties generation. So there's a lot of folk music in there. Um, hence why I've got a harmonica with me at the moment, uh, being raised on Paul Simon and Bob Dylan. There's a lot and Ralph McTell. There's a lot of acoustic guitar and uh, harmonica. But I think we come together in a. Um, it would be rock if you wanted a yeah, generic kind of thing. soft rock if you yeah, could merge more. But together. it's not. It's not the. Uh, it's not sort of standard commercial. Um, there is an element of that in the alter- uh, alternative sound to it as well. But it's really difficult. You've got a, an artist like Ed Sheeran, for instance. Mm-hmm. Where would you pigeonhole him? And I'd say it's almost impossible to pigeonhole where Ed Sheeran would be yes. because some of it's quite folky, some of it's quite mm. rocky, some of it's quite a gangsterish in some ways. Yeah. Um, you never quite know what you're going to get from him. And I've seen him in concert a few times, and it's never the same. Mm. Um, and he's very, very different. So, kind of, how do you guys perform? What's your kind of, you know, ilk on how you perform and. That, that, uh, nervous energy, all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, so so from a singing point of view, the um, I I did some work um, years and years ago at Cambridge Science Park. Okay. Um, and uh, uh, my degree is um, I got a master's in electronics, and uh, I was in this room full of PhDs and professors and stuff, and I felt completely academically outclassed. Yeah. But I I knew what I was talking about. I knew what my subject was. So actually, I kind of did my presentation, answered the questions, and I kind of walked out there with my head held high. And I thought, actually, that doesn't scare me anymore. What scares me? Singing. It's singing. <laughs> Personal. It's kind of, you know, being on stage and um, in a, 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 I played in a school band and I sang when I was 16 to get the living daylights out of me. Yeah. Um, but actually, I think you can, you, now we've done it quite a few times, the drug mm. really kicks in. So the adrenaline as you're, you're mm. kind of popping and, and, and certainly if they're your songs and people are starting to know your stuff and sing along, I, I can really see why, you know, Iron Maiden's still touring 44 years later or something like that, because they can't not. Mm. Um, so I'd say, you know, we're still developing in terms of our stage presence. I've got a kind of um, uh, radio mic and a radio kind of guitar pack, so I can wander into the audience and scare people face to face. And most of the, the gigs we play are that sort of uh, size that uh, you can see the whites of the people's eyes as they <laughs> so, you approach So what them. type of gigs are you guys doing at the moment then? Well, we, we've um, we've been off, actually, we're not going to do it this time because of another gig we're doing, but um, we've done the bath half... Um, three times we're playing again mm. uh, next year so th- th- we can say we've played to 20,000 people yeah. whether <laughs> they're it's... running towards you or away from you yeah. is another or <laughs> listening we... yeah <laughs> yeah we don't want to stop the runners but it, it is um, <laughs> we, we, we are on the pub circuit yeah, yeah. Um, we're very keen to play Bath because with no disrespect to other local towns and cities because I've played the Bristol circuit to death and I love Bristol but a unique thing about the Bath circuit is that the venues are a lot more, um, a lot more unique. It's not just pubs and clubs like it is in other towns and cities. Um, we're playing at Birdle's Yard in a few weeks' oh, yeah. time. Um, I love that. It's a lovely is, place. Yeah, that's a very unique um, type of venue. We play. At, yeah, for um, people that don't know Birdle's Yard, it's on the main A4, isn't it? Mm. And uh, I looked at it. So I'm a dance teacher normally. I looked at it as a venue possibly for dancing. Yeah. Mm. Um, but for our style, it was actually just too small. Mm. Um, but it's an incredible venue, and the acoustics in there yeah. are fantastic as well. So, so yeah, do go and get to uh, see you guys uh, there. Off Ashlestone. So we do the plugs. So it's the uh, the 14th of October. Mm. Yeah. Um, doors open about seven o'clock. It's free. Uh, we're using it as a bit of an opportunity for photos and videos and stuff for the yeah. EPs itself so you know, if people come along and enjoy themselves brilliant 
Amazing. So that's at Birdle's Yard on the 14th of October. Saturday the 14th. So the day before the bath half. Okay. <laughs> uh, this time around. Um, and yeah, as, as Dan said, we, so we've done um, uh, a couple of weddings. We did a field in the middle of Devon, yeah. um, which apparently could be heard for miles and miles and away. And the stage got blown over. <laughs> yes. <Amazing>. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's, it's the... Uh, um, I think every venue, and I guess you get the same from a dance point of view, has its difference. Mm. And you say it about uh, you know what the entertainment is, and so that St James's Wine Vaults in town, is, we played there a few times. And that's you know kind of a smaller Birdles mm. Yard that is yeah. very personal. Um, and the Bell has a unique atmosphere. Yeah. Always saying the Bell, we've played a few times. Yeah, um, well, in December when it's damp as well, it's got a weird sort of. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, we we play the standard venues. I mean, any band of this type will be playing in the same sort of venue, pubs and clubs, uh, places like that. Um, but as I say, we're very pro-Bath because although it is that type of venue, they are quite unique in their, own, in their own right. You're not just going into just another pub or club where a band just like you played last night and you're one of millions. In Bath, it does tend to be a unique scene with room for unique bands. And although we do say we are jokingly fingers waving in the air just a rock band we do have a different <laughs> angle on our music we do we're not everything it's not everything we do isn't just four blokes with guitars and drums we've used violins on tracks um we've used percussion keyboards different things so because we've got a slight we like to think individual uh side for music then we think those sort of venues are the sort of venues we like to play as well that sounds amazing. And there's the pump in Trowbridge as well. Have you dawned across those doors at all? We haven't played there, but we know exactly where you mean, and that is on our target list. Yeah, it's up and coming, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, it is. So uh, Kieran runs it there. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to get Kieran in to chat at some point. Brilliant. So I'll, I might try and put a word in for you. Well, we're going to have a little break for some music. Uh, when we come back, we're going to start listening to your first track. Radio Bath, made in Bath. You're such a sweet talker. Man of my dreams, tell me where are you, where are you now? So we're back with Dan and Ben from Fortitude. This is Rich Brothers on here until midday today with a story to tell. We're going to talk a little bit more about songwriting very quickly. So in the band, is it collaborative? Is there one person that does more? Do you take turns? How does it work with you guys then? Um, it is collaborative. Definitely, yeah. Uh, I think it's collaborative in the sense that we all bring something uh, to the songs, but is we don't necessarily sit down at a table with a notepad and go, you do this, I'll sing those words, blah, blah, blah. It tends to be that one of us will come up with a melody and a chord structure, um, which for me can be a little bit more difficult because my <laughs> instrument is drums, not guitar or keyboards, but I'll mm. come up with a couple. And then um, Ben will then put his part to it and the four of us will get into the rehearsal studio um, I've never written any lyrics. I <laughs> went to emotionally developed enough to write lyrics. But, but Ben, who's overly emotionally developed, <laughs> yeah. will will write the lyrics. So, um, yeah, I think it is a collaborative process, but it's not consciously, you know, we don't arrange, we will be here and we will write a song. If someone will no. sit at home, record a, a scratch demo on their phone or computer, yeah, definitely, and then um, then pass it on, and then we'll be there on a Thursday night in a practice room, um, all putting our our various parts to it. Yeah, 
Yeah, and I don't know about how you. It's interesting. The, so when I was at school, I did these one of these um, uh, summer music club things, and they had a, a, a professional band come in. And I asked them exactly how do you start writing yeah. songs, and it, actually he was a drummer as well. <laughs> and he gave me an elusive answer, but it's just uh, it's, uh, he said it just kind of comes to you. There, there's I guess the emotional situation that you happen to be in your life. Um, so a lot of the lyrics are kind of you know ethereal and made out. Of, we called the album Reverie because it's the uh, you know, looking back on nostalgic views of, well, let's face it, 40-odd years between us. So, But there's something like, you know, Dan will pick up uh, a couple of chords, so on, on the EP that we're, we're working on at the moment, um, he would strum the chord sequence and give us the idea and think, actually, and then something triggers in my head that there's a, a line or a lyric or a riff or something that mm-hmm. sits on top of that. And as Dan said, we take it to the studio and then, uh, you know, the, the bass will kick in. So we don't, we, I don't, I can, I can play bass because it's the same four strings as a guitar, but <laughs> I can't that's play bass. No. <laughs> you know, just not to, all the bass players out there really get that statement. That they're, so, you know, coming sorry. into it makes a difference. Yeah, and I think um, also what we are conscious of is certainly when I try and come up with, with, with some music for a song to go with it and then the rest of the band, I think, are also conscious of this. Um, without wanting to sound going too much into music theory or being too musically technical, we do like to we use you know standard time signatures and standard keys because mm. that is what the popular ear likes. But we will try and put into that we will put in you know a seventh chord here or a minor chord there, mm-hmm. so that it is familiar enough to you know for for people to like to have a commercial ear, but just something in there to make it sound a little bit different to give you a hook and I think that is something that um, songwriters I think established songwriters do do that and I think that um, uh, prospective songwriters need to bear that in mind you, you need to take influences because if you do anything um, too uh, um, revolutionary if you want a better phrase it may not you know, click with the commercial listener which, which is fine if that's what you want to do, but if you want to, you, you need to be able to. to, to people have got to enjoy it. Yeah, they? people like yeah. There are you certain things put, that you need. You need to make it record. You know, you need to make it accessible, but you need to put your stamp on it. Um, I think bands. I'm in no way comparing us to these bands because these bands are fantastic. <laughs> but, gonna, but you're you, going to use your words and say <laughs> these bands at the same time. So you, uh, I, I have a phrase, by the way, that, and I, I said this this morning, is that uh, if anybody uses the word but in the middle of a sentence, <laughs> I, I discard everything that was written, said okay. beforehand <laughs> right. because it's what's after the but yeah. that is actually what you mean. So, right. so, so you're Richard's not saying that actually we are comparable to these bands. <laughs> well, that's think, what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> As songri- songwriters that I would aspire to then, I think. Go way of putting it yeah, would good. be um, somebody like XTC their lyrics and their music are phenomenal they make catchy um, rock pop songs or they did I don't think they're still around now uh, and they're fairly local they're from Wiltshire they had a lot to do with the local area and but they were also musically very clever and I think that is something I'd like to uh, aspire to and I think that is although it may not be specifically that band I think that sort of technique of writing lyrically interesting and musically clever songs which are still catchy and accessible and a, an exemplar of that is XTC and The Jam um, are bands I think songwriters would do well to, uh, to to aspire to if I'm not saying to uh, so XTC and that. The Jam yeah okay is there anyone else I'm, I'm going you know, go on Dire Straits Dire Straits and, and Roses and so yeah. um, you know we're, we're talking about the French horns to um thrash overdriven guitar sort of <laughs> stuff and everything in between but it, it is and i'm sure any other songwriter out there that you just you write what you feel at the time mm. 
and then you get in the studio and it changes direction um, and certainly the recording studio and with um, Ben and uh, Matt uh, on the, the recording for the EP at the moment and Paul is the, the, the new guitarist that will be performing with us on the 14th um, so we all add in our collective experiences mm. and half the bands that Dan knows I've never heard of and vice versa <laughs> but somehow it just goes I have heard of those straight yeah you haven't <laughs> yeah jolly good <laughs> for you <laughs> yeah yeah this is Mark <laughs> surname not for that yes <laughs> Um, now every song theoretically has already been written yeah okay so and there are I, I think there's something like three million songs a year or a day or there's some stupid mm. Stat- mm. statistic out there so do you kind of have that fear ever that you're writing a song and you think I'm just rewriting what somebody else has already done no it works <laughs> simple answer <laughs> yeah. because because that's that is right there are so many songs I mean there is nothing new under the sun if you take something like blues you know, is it the, the standard blues track yeah. is is a twelve bar phrase da, 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 with da, da. three chords, <laughs> six chords, da, da. whatever. It's the, it's the way it's played that that is what makes it. I mean, uh, you can't listen to the same thing all the time. Joe, it's a really nice way of putting it in regards to the song may be the same, but the mm. people playing it are different. Yeah. So well, therefore, yeah. it's always about, new. It's about covers yeah. as well. I mean, the, mm. I was talking about Sinead O'Connor yesterday, and you know, nothing compares to you. And yeah. obviously, it's Prince that wrote it the first place, but she made it. Her, mm. Yeah. So is it the same mm. song? No, no, not at all. Um, It is that sort of human emotional connection Mm. that I I don't know half the lyrics to half of my favourite songs. I don't know what it is that it just kind of, it moves me in a way that um, isn't the perfection that that is written in the first place. Mm. Now, I've written quite a few songs in the past myself. And when you said you don't know the lyrics of some of your favourite songs, some of these songs are that old. I don't even know the lyrics to some of my own songs anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's not abnormal. (laughs) It's gone to that point. It really has gone to that point. Well, we're going to listen to some of your tracks that are coming up. So uh, we're going to have another little break for music. And when we come back, we're going to have our first live lounge track from Ben and Dan from Fortitude. Right back after this. Made locally in Bath. This is Radio Bath. So here with our first track, it's Dan and Ben from Fortitude. What's the name of this track and what is it all about? This is called Dead Men Tell No Tales. Um, It was the first collaborative song that the band wrote a few years ago. And I think it would be fair to say the lyricist isn't here at the moment, but I think it is fair to say it is about rebellion. Amazing. (laughs) With a cause. (laughs) Here is track one then from Fortitude. The more answers are solved, the more questions are posed. You are the judge and the jury. Scorn and devil's fury Go insane in a crazy world Off to war, flags unfurled I've lit a fuse that I can put out Hear my plea, hear my shout And the marching band plays with blood-stained hands As they beat their drums you will understand Dead men tell no, dead men tell no, dead men tell no. 
forgive me, I have sinned. Hear the whispers in the wind. No time for licking wounds. The gallows beckon all too soon. Dirty graves, dusty jails. No one's coming to pay the bail. On the run, born a fighter. Now the noose is getting tighter. And the marching band plays with blood-stained hands. As they beat their drums, you will understand. Dead men tell no. Dead men tell no. Dead men tell no tales. And the only thing that makes sense is nothing ever makes sense. The only thing that makes sense. Nothing ever makes sense. round of applause there's ben and dan from fortitude there's their first track sounding absolutely amazing we'll be right back after this Okay, so we're back with our second track now from Fortitude. Dan and Ben are here today for us. But before we actually talk about that, we're going to talk about the little drum instrument that you have here. So talk us through this. What's this? It's not a full set of drums, is it? No, it's not a full set of drums. This is called a cajon, uh, C-A-J-O-N. And um, it is essentially a wooden box made with uh, different sides of the box are made from different... um, uh, different widths of wood and it has a snare in the back to sound like a snare drum uh, a lot of people use them in acoustic setups just because uh, you know, it's not as loud as a drum kit uh, it's very portable you sit on it you can carry it and they do use them as a substitute for a drum kit as I am indeed today yeah but I don't really think that does the instrument justice itself because it is an instrument in its own right and a lot is involved in a lot of Latin music and when you see an actual cajon player play it properly, 
as opposed to someone like me just using it to keep the beat. It is a phenomenal instrument. Um, people probably know what they are without without actually realising what it is. You've probably seen buskers, festival bands, acoustic duos, which I use it for. But if you do see Latin music, especially um, Portuguese and music of Portuguese descent, they are absolutely phenomenal. They play, they can play a, a, a whole piece of music on this instrument on their own. Um, they're made by some are made by percussion companies, factory made cajons are made by percussion companies, the famous ones like Premier and Pearl. Uh, this one was made by Luthier because, in theory, although the uh, different panels were different, th or different um, thicknesses, um, it is on the same idea as a, as a sound box on an acoustic guitar. So, at the back of this is a is a, a, a hole in the back that the sound comes out of. And a luthier is, is as people know, someone... I did not makes, know that. There uh, we go. Makes, <laughs> uh, makes a guitar. So this one, yeah, was worth quite a few quite a few pounds, actually. It was, it was, uh, I'm not going to go into my magic cards. <laughs> it sounds amazing. <laughs> so what's the second track you're going to play for us, then? So this is called Do What You Want To. Um, and <laughs> I was talking earlier about the uh, kind of your emotional experiences. This actually stemmed from a school disco years and years ago. Okay. Uh, and, and a particular girl that I fancied at the time. And um, there's a whole backstory that you'd have to come and ask me <laughs> with, with five or alcohol. But uh, uh, so it, it, as we said before, you, know, you kind of reminisce. And uh, uh, Dan came up with the, uh, the chords again, you know, letting uh, drummers loose on acoustic <laughs> guitars at the time. It's always dangerous. Uh, and it just uh, made me f think of that memory. So uh, listen to the lyrics and see what you can read into it, maybe. Amazing. Here's track two then from Dan and Ben from Fortitude.
say You remember that kiss But if you turn left not right You won't know what you missed On the fateful day Your heartbeat gives a miss Hold her close to you And make sure that you take the path that you might have missed Do what you want to Say what you mean Be who you want Every last second of it. Well done, guys. Sounding absolutely fantastic. Have another little break. Back right after this. It's cover time then. So Dan and Ben are still here from Fortitude and they're going to do a cover. So what's the cover going to be today? So this is Dreaming of You by The Coral. Okay. Um, I don't know about Dan, but I've been playing this for probably 20 years on and off in various cover bands. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it was a classic at the time. It was, uh, it was at that time in sort of early noughties when we'd all got over grunge and Britpop, but <laughs> we wanted to keep the party going. So <laughs> bands like the Carl and the Hives and the White Stripes, we were all um, very happy tunes. Yeah, maybe gonna... slightly getting a little too old for being in indie clubs because we were ten years past being students, but um, we, <laughs> we still kept the party still going anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's have a listen to it. i 
Sounding absolutely brilliant there. There's a cover version. Well done, guys. Well, we're going to have another little break. Back with a quick fire round after that. The Nursery Hilberton, proud sponsor of The Morning Show. So we're back with Dan and Ben from Fortitude. We're going to play a track from their original album. What was the name of the album again, guys? Reverie. Reverie. That was it. Lovely name of an album. So which one are we going to play and why? Uh, One More Star. Um, which is probably the closest thing we do to a ballad. Um, I think it's fair to say it was written with a, um idea of writing and playing a song that wasn't just for electric guitars and a drum kit. The subject matter is quite emotional. Phil, who wrote the song, it was about his late father. Um, and we also had a special guest musician. Uh, who was that then? That was Sarah Mitchell Rogers, who plays the violin on the intro. Now, your name is Dan Rogers. Is there any connection there, there whatsoever? There is a connection, yes. Sarah <laughs> very is my wife. Yeah, Sarah is my wife, and we have a very musical household. Um, she plays, she's been playing every instrument since her teenage years. Um, and she's currently in a band called the Moonlit Poachers. I know I'm here for Ford Street at the moment, but I can't come on and not mention the Poachers. <laughs> and you interviewed them several weeks ago, so if anybody wants to listen to that podcast... Yeah, if you want to listen back to any of the podcasts, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's done under the banner of Life Off The Stage. So you can look back on the uh, on the podcast, and they performed live in this very studio. On that occasion, though, we the lights were broke, so uh, we were doing it via iPhone torchlight. Very uh, nice. Proper praise. We're, it, we're having it easy today, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go. you've got lights and everything. You just <laughs> yeah. don't know you're born. You really don't. <laughs> Quite. Okay, so what's the track name again? One More Star. One More Star. Fantastic. This is from Fortitude at One More Star.
around then so dan and ben here from fortitude been playing on our live lounge today how have you found it today guys a lot of fun yeah very much yeah absolutely strangely nervous in a very different way <laughs> to being on on studio on set yeah um but uh, absolutely yeah it's nice to have you smiling across the desk as richard thank you yeah making us feel comfortable i always try to do that it's just mm. takes less muscles to smile than it does to frown yeah. <laughs> so uh, so right quick fire rounds you're each going to get this question you each answer the question okay i'm going to alternate it as we go through so ben to start with are going to start with yourself everybody knows this oh, question right. what is your favorite ice cream Oh, uh, caramel. Uh, just in, uh, so I, I've got um, I've got thirty five teeth. My last wisdom tooth didn't come up, so right. reading, uh, and they're all sweet teeth. So anything that's kind of sugar on sugar, like dolce de leche sort of uh, toffee that's been melted Beautiful. for a hundred years together, freeze it down, pour some sprinkles of sugar on the top, and that, that's the one. So sugar on sugar on sugar. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, very. It's uh, well, I think it's one of your five days. It? <laughs> it's a natural product. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan. Um, I think I'm just going to be a bit dull and go for chocolate. 
There's nothing wrong with chocolate. That's my no. answer. Oh, is that okay? yeah, in good company. Then I yeah, can't yeah. help feeling there should be other. I've always thought there should be a cider. Um, well, nice, and, and in your accent, you know, which, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has Don't, to be, be careful, done. careful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Open this up. <laughs> Yeah, I would like the Zyder ice cream, please. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely in the West Country, aren't we? It's uh, absolutely amazing. Right then, Dan, are you tidy or messy? Um, uh, blah, 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 uh, messy, I've got to be honest. I try, I try to be tidy, but I am messy. I was going to say, what's Sarah shouting out at the radio right now? Messy. Messy, fair enough. What about <laughs> yourself, Ben? Probably in the messy camp. I like uh, places, things to have a place, but often I never get round to creating the place to put the thing in the first place. So the general, it's messy. So it goes on top of the previous place. Yeah, yeah. And as long as uh, mentally you know it's in that pile. Yeah. You've got your own index of how things are. I know this is radio that people can't see, but I think if people saw our rehearsal rooms, they'd say we are messy. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Leads and yep. instruments everywhere yep. and cans. Fair enough. Whereas Sarah seemed very, very tidy. She is. Yeah, good combo, <laughs> that one. Uh, ben, love or hate roller coasters? Oh, uh, if you'd have asked me when I was younger than 20, love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't, don't know if it's a midriff expansion sort of problem. But beyond that point, I used to love the waltzers and anything that would do. You know, I appreciate it's a roller coaster sort of question, but uh, no, no. yeah, Alton Towers, uh, anything. Um, yes, love. Love them. Still love, Still even love them. sick, yes. My biggest tip, and I do this, I love roller coasters myself, take a travel sickness tablet. <laughs> That's all you need to do. <laughs> That's probably a, a test, isn't it, for like a period on whoever make the things yeah. in the first place. Go like, take this, yeah. go on a roller coaster, do you feel yeah. okay? Just don't take more than two, because it makes you really drowsy. Okay. okay. And then you fall asleep on the roller coasters. This is not from sure, personal experience. Sure, that looks really cool, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Falling asleep on a roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> Off you go. Uh, what about yourself, Dan? Um, you talk for myself, but I do love seeing other people suffer on them. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's a very different answer, isn't it? Wow. We'll, we'll let your psychologist read what they yeah, do into move that. Move on, move on. Next one for you. Dan, do you hang your toilet roll over the top or behind the back? <laughs> I've been waiting for this one. Um, <laughs> I honestly don't know. Uh, you don't know? I, I, I think at home we would um, tie it around the back. Okay. Oh, that's the wrong answer. It, it's got to be around the front. It's Wow. Well, now, I had Simon on last week, and uh, he did quote about the fact that the patent of toilet rolls, it is officially over the front. Oh. So that is the official way of doing it. <laughs> I can't believe there's a patent for it, first of all, but there we go. Oh, yeah. so, uh, so one's behind the back and one's over the top. Sounds like a strange moment in life. Yes, there we yes. go. Uh, ben, do you eat your chocolate from the fridge or from the cupboard? Ooh, good question. Uh, fridge, preferentially, but it never lasts that long to cool down sufficiently. Fair enough. What about yourself, Dan? Wherever it comes from. <laughs> You're just I happy. Have no preference. He's a drummer. Yeah, chocolate is chocolate and I'll take it. You're just eating chocolate because <laughs> it's there. Yeah. Right, Dan, I think I know the answer to this one. Do you make your bed in the morning? <laughs> this is the other one I was waiting for. Um, he, he works in facilities. Of course he does. Well, I work in facilities, but I live with my very industrious wife and my very conscientious uh, stepdaughter. So can I say i try to on weekends but sarah and emily do it in the week okay <laughs> i don't know what that answer means but we'll go with that <laughs> no no there'll be a few people in the audience that have their own versions of what yes. just said. 
Uh, so I think the answer is no. Yeah, I think I, I'm going with yeah. no. And that's yeah. what I'm going with. Yeah. What about yourself, Ben? I'm, I'm kind of a yes generally in that I'll, I'm not going to um, hospital corner and stuff. My mum was a nurse, but uh, it didn't rub off on me in that regard. No. But uh, I'll pull the duvet up and put the thing straight. So fair yes. enough. So do either of you have any cushions? It's always a follow-up question. No. Any cushions God. on the bed? Cushions? Yes. Oh, damn! Yes. You've changed. <laughs> well, that's probably a word in me. Fair enough. Uh, ben, what is your favourite breakfast? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, probably full English, but the one thing I don't like is mushrooms. Probably on ah. the whole planet, I, I kind of, I, I'll try anything at least once and a couple of times. But and I say mushrooms, and people are screaming at the radio, going, "There's about a thousand different types," and but they just freak me out and not, not keen on the taste. So, but yeah, full English breakfast, good start for the day. Certainly when you got to recording and stuff for twelve hours, yeah, yeah, by yeah, the absolutely. end of it, you're still going strong. Yeah, very good. What about yourself, Dan? Mushrooms ah. and scrambled eggs on toast. Takes all sorts. Heaps of both. Heaps of mushrooms and heaps of uh, scrambled egg on toast. Yeah, scrambled egg. Did you know scrambled eggs not as healthy for you as a fried egg? I just realised I said the wrong thing. I oh. didn't mean scrambled eggs. Oh, what did I you meant, mean? I meant poached eggs. Poached <laughs> eggs. Yeah, oh, poached okay. Eggs, sorry. Even yeah. healthier, probably. Poached eggs are perfectly healthy. Yeah, because they're cooked in water. Yeah. So mm. yeah. And I guess so. You're um, precluding the butter and other things that you add into the scrambled eggs to make them unhealthy. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the fried eggs, the butter go- actually goes off. Mm. You don't take the butter with you unless mm. you scoop it up yep. with the fried egg itself. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, the egg isn't absorbent of the butter. But mm. Yeah. Lots of egg and heaps of mushrooms, and I don't mind how long it takes for me to stand there over the pan poaching the eggs. Mm. Until it's piled high on my plate. I think Richard's philosophy show is um, airing at some point. <laughs> which egg you should have? <laughs> could be a whole show on eggs, couldn't yeah. there? Yeah, so here we go. Right now, this is always the pressure moment, okay? Oh, because okay. we are live lounge, okay? So, going to start with yourself, Dan. Mm. What is your go-to karaoke song? Ah, well, did karaoke not that long ago? Okay, and it was. Straight off the bat, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. Okay, I'll come back to that in a second. So, this is absolutely not rehearsed at all. I'd probably go Dancing in the Dark. Okay, by Bruce Springsteen and the, <laughs> by the boss, yeah. And I, I want to say, I, kind of, I like him, but he's not the sort of I put on all day, every day sort of, as, as an artist, but you can't help but respect the guy. But from a karaoke point of view... Da, okay. da, 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 da. I was going to say, are we going to get a rendition? So, Ben, yourself, first of all, as we will ask to you, do we get a rendition from you? There's no pressure. Oh, I, do, I need the words in front of me, because, I, I, as I said before, I never remember the words of the songs I like, but, uh, yes, um, something about uh, Wake up in the morning... I go to work feeling the same way. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I was waiting for the drums to kick in there at <laughs> yeah. the same time. Because I guess it's got that it's a nice lift into the, the kind of pre-chorus yeah. and stuff, and uh, it's within your vocal range, so you don't... Fat, you know, karaoke for me is, is a big thing, and any sort of kind of party, I'd love... I think Dan's in the yeah. same boat as yeah. I say. Get yeah. us off, the microphone is hard. Right. Yeah. Dan, do we get a rendition from you? Uh, I'll do the hook line and that's the best thing I'm going Cause traps like us Baby we were born to run What can I say to that <laughs> Right uh, Ben what is your favourite TV programme or film Ooh uh, I'm a Trekkie. A Trekkie, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, when I was well, mate, through, my dad used to watch the original Star Trek um, and uh, Leonard Nimoy, obviously, the, the mm. very good. He's featured in so many things, but has always been Spock in everybody's minds. Um, I love The Next Generation, all this stuff. Uh, and actually, probably my first, my favourite film was First Contact, the first time it came out. Right. Because as a Trekkie, you'd had all the backstories by watching it. And it's, I guess it's part of the. Um, 
uh, I was going to say cult, but it's not really a cult, but in terms of that fan base. That a community. This, oh, thank you very much, yes. Help me out with the right word. <laughs> but y- y- you know... You know, it's like talking Gs and the people are Trekkies or not. But if you are, there are millions like you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, uh, it was it was just a very well put together film of the time. And a lot of these films, they kind of age and they get superseded and whatever. But uh, yeah. Can you do the the hand signal? I can't remember what it should be. There oh, we yeah. go. Live long so, and prosper. Yeah. There you go. So it's the two fingers together, isn't it? And then the V in the middle. Yes. So. Oh, and and the spots. Uh, so the, the uh, on the line of philosophy, having is not so pleasing a thing as wanting. Wow. <laughs> Sounding lovely. <laughs> what about yourself, Dan? Um, I'm a big history buff. That is my other passion after music. So for TV, it would be Peaky Blinders and um, uh, SAS Rogue Heroes. And for films, it would be Star Wars. Sorry, Ben. Oh, oh no, I'm a Star Wars fan. <laughs> Star, yeah. Star Wars and um, Indiana Jones. Uh-huh. All sounds good. All sounds good indeed. Yeah, I have to say I'm a Star Wars versus Star Trek person myself. <laughs> I'm still trying to get over kind of the newer ones and uh, how much value there are to them all. Yeah, I guess so. the, the stories are, are well, there's, there's a famous thing that there's only like nine or ten stories that can ever yeah. be told. And it does feel like mm. those nine and ten stories have been told in each genre quite a lot of times. Yes, it does indeed. Right. Two questions to go then. Oh. So, Dan, first of all, if you came back in your next life as an animal, which one would you be? And why? Now, before you answer, if it's cat, yeah, okay, then think of another. <laughs> right, it is not cat. Okay, but I'm sure that anybody who hears this and knows me will be always oh, going to say cat. But a cat can't play drums. Okay, and a woodpecker can do the next Ooh. best thing. So ah. I come back to woodpecker. Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take that answer every day. <laughs> right. What about yourself, Ben? Um, so I was going to go cat. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm now putting that in there because yeah. everybody kind of says a cat. I'm yes. like, not a cat again. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, but this went down. Started thinking about uh, woodpeckers, and my mind went um, absolutely laterally. I'm thinking crocodile. Okay, why a crocodile then? Because uh, they've been around for millions of years. They're the kind of absolutely evolutionary pinnacle of badass they are <laughs> and, and as a rocker that's that's got a ring true somewhere along the line doesn't it <laughs> sounds amazing so we've got a woodpecker and a crocodile yeah and actually we can live harmoniously can't we <laughs> i'll be in a tree yeah. <laughs> thank you for your originality in that and your last question then dan and ben from fortitude ben to start with where is your happy place oh that's a good question probably similar to dan in this and that uh, uh i'm an adventurer at heart um, and so, you know, how you express that, but uh, being somewhere that people haven't kind of uh, completely taken over. So usually it's the top of a mountain or something, but, uh, you know, you find your kind of your peace or your quiet in, in various ways during the day, but actually to escape. And uh, I love camping when it's winter, nobody else is there and it's raining and it's cold and you feel kind of cozy. But if it's that sort of um as close to adventure and the kind of uh, your roots as a human as possible that, being, that sort of thing being close to nature yes but in a, in a vaguely scary way so <laughs> yeah. i went to canada a while ago and i got so so close to some bears and stuff <laughs> gonna, okay. yeah. have you seen the latest twix advert by the way no oh okay so after this have a look at the latest twix advert it's one of the best things i've seen in years okay uh dan Ben is right, we are both into our adventures. I spent some time when I was younger up mountains and in jungles and in deserts, but I think if I had to be absolutely honest about what my happy place would be, all of my family, my um, paternal family and my wife and my daughter and her family, we are all 
and I know this is Radio Bath, I'm going to have to change cities. We are right. all Bristol Rovers supporters. Oof. So it would be with uh, my family and my wife and her family in our blue and white shirts at the Memorial Stadium watching Rovers win about 10 0. Oh, <laughs> sounds amazing. I won't mention the team yeah. they'll be beating. <laughs> <laughs> Who would they be? I'm a Portsmouth fan myself, so we, uh, we started all right. I think you're saying still based in the South West. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't want to cause any <laughs> would, problems. Would they be are... playing in red by any chance? They probably would be. They yes. would. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, this has been Dan Rogers and Ben from Fortitude. Tell us if people want to get hold of your previous al- album and also what you've got coming up in the future as well. Okay, so um, we're on Spotify. That was part of the fun of the uh, launching the album in the first place, and the EP will be going um, uh, again on Spotify and iTunes and all those good things. There's something like twenty streaming yeah, platforms. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the EP will be released um, on the 16th of February next year. Um, we're playing at Birdle's Yard um, in Bath, as we talked about before, on the 14th of October. Doors open at seven. Come and see us there. We will be playing the four tracks from the EP, so it will be the chance to hear it before anybody else and does. And we will be debuting the new lineup of the band as well. Oh, yes, indeed. On. So we've got who was missing in the studio today um, is Matt Watts, who's the bass player, um, who was recording on the, the EP with us as well. So he's an old friend of mine um, based in Stroud, so he's kind of you know, Bath Plus. <laughs> uh, and uh, Paul Smith, uh, who has joined us recently as the, the other guitarist um so yeah this is fortitude lineup version three four something like that but uh, yeah look, all good guys this along will the be way the permanent lineup. yeah yeah this is the set lineup and we will be debuting the uh, ep touring uk europe yeah. the world this is the permanent lineup for now yes <laughs> called Yes. Once in a lifetime. Once in a lifetime. Amazing. Well, I hope you've enjoyed it today, chaps. Certainly have. Yeah, very it's, much. Uh, so. It's been amazing hearing you. As I always say when I do the live lounges, for me, it's like having my own personal concert. <laughs> um, and it's it's an amazing thing to do. So thank you so much for your time very today. Good, thank you. And uh, we'll get you back in next year when we can actually play then tracks from your new EP as well. We so look forward to it. Absolutely. This isn't the last we've seen. Thanks for so well. Thank you, Dan. Thank, thank you, Ben. Thank you very much. See you very soon. Thank you. The Nursery Hilperton, proud sponsor of The Morning Show.